This is the Timber and Steel Podcast. Here we take on topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and we make them relevant to regular people just like us. So sit back, relax, and I hope you learn something. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Clayton. How are you today? I'm I'm great. Good. How about you? I'm feeling feeling great. Feeling good. I'm ready for um our conversation today. Yeah. I'm kind of kind of excited about this. I don't yeah. know why. It's a weird topic. It is weird. Um and, but yeah, no, I'm I'm having a good Friday. Um so we're talking today. The the, the tentative title of, of today is Don't Wait for Pain to Stop Living and Moving Like a Doofus. Yeah. Uh but this idea that pain is a lagging indicator. Like let's talk about pain for a little bit. Okay. Like where do we, as coaches, see pain show up a lot? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> um, honestly, neck, shoulders, yeah. hips, knees, ankles. Mm-hmm. Around joints. All the joints. All the joints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see like ongoing pain around there. Um, some, every once in a while, we're, we'd see like, oh, I tweaked something or mm-hmm. I pulled something, pulled a muscle or something like that. Or in a, a very rare cases, somebody did something dumb and like injured themselves. Right. And that's yeah. sharp pain. Um, but that's not a chronic sort of thing. Um, that's a, like an accident that is, that has mm-hmm. happened. We're talking about like the joint pain, the chronic joint pain or, um, like just out of nowhere, there's no like real injury, but all of a sudden your knees hurt, mm-hmm. that that sort of stuff. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means, talk a little bit about maybe what we can do about it, mm-hmm. um, and touch on some, I don't know, maybe some things to, to think about that are outside of what people might normally think about. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, get the, I think that some of the obvious things out of the way, maybe not obvious, but lifestyle factors, right? So I talked about like not living like a doofus. Don't wait for pain to stop living like a doofus. Um, what uh, what are some things that like lifestyle factors that might influence the amount of pain that a person's feeling in their in their joints? Well, we this is one of our big topics. We always talk about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that? Uh, How's that influence it? Well. You know, we see so many people come in saying, sometimes it's hard to determine what pain actually is. Oh, yeah. So that's when I try to ask those leading questions of like, is it an ache? Is it a pain? Is it an inflammation? Mm-hmm. And there's so much in our diets. And when we use the word diets, we just mean fuel. Mm-hmm. That could potentially lead to inflammation of our joints. Yeah. Then that causes them to be just a little more stiff. Mm-hmm. So I think nutrition is one that we yeah. can definitely check in on. Yeah, for sure. And I think along with that is hydration. Absolutely. Like water is the lubrication for the entire body. Yep. So if you're not getting enough water, your joints are not going to have like the the stuff that's in there that makes things viscous yeah. um, and slippery. So they move well, not going to be able to bend easily. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the quality of our tissues, our muscles, like muscles hold a large amount of water in them. And if we are, um, thinking like a shriveled up noodle or something like that, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, throw a spaghetti noodle in a pot, like it, 
is going to like get bendy and stretchy and whatnot. It's absorbed some water. We take mm-hmm. the water out of that noodle and it becomes brittle and stiff and nobody wants dry spaghetti noodle Good. muscles. No. That's like like beef jerky. That's the, that's the analogy yes. we, we often yes. use. It's like, right, you've got a, a, a steak, a fresh steak that's uncooked, right? It's, it's moving all around, all kinds of stuff. It's got juice out of it when you cut into it it's kind of oozy it's good but beef jerky is just like you got to tear into it and it doesn't bend the same and yeah so um so water yes water and nutrition are huge for just like lifestyle factors that will impact um the the stiffness and soreness in our muscles and in our joints is there any other like lifestyle things that would maybe make a difference we see this often with new people they don't have a movement practice. Yes. So when they first come in, they will feel sore and they will feel sore in ways they never thought they could feel sore because their muscles aren't used to being used that way. Um, that's a little bit like that. There's pain in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, and sometimes when you're not used to that, like we would call that soreness, they might call it pain Mm -hmm. so really kind of understanding the mechanism of that and being like yeah this is this is normal and this is okay if i moved through full ranges of motion on a regular basis this would be less painful so it's really just more of a wake-up call to oh i haven't used these muscles Mm -hmm. in a while um the other side of that is not just the the kind of the surprising nature of oh i've used these muscles that i haven't moved in a while and so now they're sore but just um, the lack of movement can limit our range of motion. So if we spend wait, most of our lives not moving through full range of motion, yeah. like then it makes getting through a full range of motion feel not great because it's not something that we, we do. We kind of lost, we kind of atrophied our, yeah. our range of yeah. motion. Yeah. And it, it's, I love to see how people come in and they're like, but I have an active job. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about what their active job is, it's that same movement patterns yeah. over and over and over again. So then when we do ask them mm-hmm. to go to full range of motion, they are very surprised that their shoulders that they use all the time mm-hmm. are very sore. Yeah. Yeah. We, that, yes, that, that I have an active job thing is, uh, I hear that all the time and I mean, I'm great that people have jobs that are not stuck at a desk, but, um, but yeah, that's active and maybe that you burn calories throughout the day, mm-hmm. but that you actually like do all the things that are required for health and fitness. Right. Probably not. Most people do not. So any other things like lifestyle stuff? I think that's kind of sleep helps reduce uh, inflammation and you kind of touched yeah. on inflammation. So there's yeah. other lifestyle things that we could um, talk about that would kind of trickled down there but i think we've covered most of it so the rest of it's going to be actual like movement the stuff that we're doing and so this is where like this idea of pain as a lagging indicator um kind of comes into play so i would for example running i see this a lot and i hear this a lot with with runners is that like they're running 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 and they're doing all the things they're putting and they're going to start training for a race or whatever. And then all of a sudden their knee hurts. Mm. Is it that running is bad for their knee? No, no. it's how they are running. Right. 
and everything is fine until it's not until it's not and then they might keep on running trying mm-hmm. to train around the pain which is going to cause them to run even more differently mm-hmm. which is going to cause even more pain cuz they're working around the the thing um and that becomes a problem so what we should be doing is trying to figure out like paying attention to our technique to our mechanics way before we feel pain i'm going to ask you a question about that here in just a second but i wanted to say that like pain if we get to a place where we're feeling pain whether we're just using running as an example but that is the point where the alarms are blaring this is the pain is that signal that your body sends your brain that something is seriously wrong here you have gone too far there's too much not good going on here that is the lagging indicator that something is not right that is not the first indicator that something is not right Mm -hmm. so that in my mind begs the question what are some early indicators that things are not right and we don't have to talk just about running but we can talk about like all kinds of things i think uh sometimes when we get that glazed over look when people are like bonking mm-hmm. in a workout. And I think that to me, when I see people starting to really have a hard time getting through a workout, that there's some fatigue starting to set in, mm-hmm. but it's a pattern of it mm-hmm. that, okay, why are we, why are we still at this level? And it might be in a specific part of the body. Mm-hmm. That to me, when you are really starting to fatigue at, let's say we're doing a workout, doing something overhead and a person comes to me and just like, I cannot do this. And I don't know what's going on. And, but they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm-hmm. But it's that fatigue that I try to get people to check in like, okay, what's going on? Like, yeah. how how is this feeling? What Have we mobilized? Have yeah. we done, spent any time? But I see fatigue as a, a large indicator, even for myself, that something is not feeling right. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's um, something to that, like watching. Because, I mean, as we fatigue, our movement patterns are going to change. Yeah. We're going to start putting more of our mental energy into completing the movement rather than completing the movement properly. Because mm-hmm. it is harder to maybe complete the movement properly because there are standards for what we're trying to do. And, um, if we are lacking in mobility or lacking in strength, like sometimes moving with good technique is more work than not. Ideally in a perfect world, you've got good movement patterns and they're efficient. And so you actually move better when you're moving properly, but we're all fighting something just Mm -hmm. like stiffness or poor mobility or or whatever so that fatigue can push us to moving more poorly or because we aren't staying diligent with with our movement so that would tell me that like if we're constantly seeing that if you're constantly noticing that about yourself that you're getting into a workout and it becomes too much for you and you start making movement compensations on a regular basis that you're not scaling appropriately that like understanding what the stimulus of the workout is 
and that you need to scale more to be able to keep that stimulus and move well, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, we don't want people to scale so easy that they're not achieving the stimulus. Like workouts are supposed to be hard, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between like putting your barbell down, resting for a few seconds, picking it up and doing another few reps and still being able to maintain good technique with a, like breaking the breaking the round up into a few other sets right. rather than putting the barbell down and then picking and then resting a second, picking it back up and mm -hmm. still not, not able to regain mm -hmm. those good movement patterns. Mm -hmm. Then we've like, if you can't regain it by either focusing harder on it or by giving yourself a little bit of rest, then yeah, it's the barbell's too heavy or there's too many reps for, for you and you should have scaled differently. So yeah, that, that fatigue thing I think is, is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else that you could see, like if someone was, people ha end up having pain, often like knee pain, elbow pain, um, those, those sorts of things. Are there, are there things that, that if someone was wanting to like pay attention to about themselves and their movement, that would be an earlier indicator than, than pain? I mean, a stiffness. Okay. We, we hear that a lot, mm -hmm. that I feel super stiff. So trying to listen to that component of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to, like these early indicators are, they're hard to know. Yeah. And that is and that is why people wait for pain. Like yeah. that, that is like, oh, hey, guess what? This is the first time I'm hearing about it. My body's telling me that I'm doing something not right. I'm experiencing pain, but, yeah. but pain is the lagging indicator. So um, I think some of it is under, like, and that's why I mean, we coach people. We I feel coaching is super important to have good eyes on you, even if it's just every once in a while, if mm -hmm. you work out in a gym at home or whatever, like getting some eyes on you to help correct things and fix things. I think a kind of a red flag and early indicator for things is like, can you get into these basic archetypal shapes? And we, yeah. when we do mobility class here on Fridays, um, and sometimes I'll talk about these archetypal shapes, things that we should be able to get into, something like a, a squat and a hinge, kind of this overhead position, even like outside of a workout, can you get into those positions? What are, what are your range of motion? A big one that I see is the inability to get into a front rack yeah. position and then people will try to do a bunch of front squats or cleans or whatever and they just their elbows get all lit up and end up getting some tendonitis and all kinds of stuff well if they were able to easily get into that front rack position they wouldn't be putting so much strain on those tissues in the elbows um, and they would have a whole lot less pain in mm -hmm. in those elbows so um, just like that's a simple test is like here what is what is the standard of a good front rack position what right. is, should i be able to do can i do that yes or no if no then okay here's an early indicator that i'm on the road to having some pain mm -hmm. in the joints surrounding this area same thing with a squat like can we get to the bottom of a squat do we have full range of motion there yes or no if no sure. then we're we've got some some indicators here um any other thoughts about about that no uh, just when you know we get a lot of new members who are like ready to go and how surprising it is when we're talking about doing those archetypes and those full range of motions mm -hmm. 
And when they come in after they've been doing it a couple weeks, a couple days, and they're like, this hurts. Mm -hmm. And pointing those aspects out to them is very uh, eye-opening to me as a coach on the body awareness Mm -hmm. that some of us lack. We all do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, I mean, even we have four coaches here. We all take each other's classes and we find things to tweak. And um, I was actually working with Bridget the other day and she told me something and her and I were both surprised on how her movement pattern was. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. But it can be shocking to find out your own body awareness Mm -hmm. and then how that can all work together or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, People with this goes, I guess, back to that episode we did was that a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago about uh, raising the bar for normal. Yeah. Like people's understanding of what their body should be doing. Not even like, Ooh, peak performance. This, but things like this is full range of motion. Mm -hmm. You should be able to move through this without problem. Unless you've had like a motorcycle accident and your shoulders destroyed, like, and been rebuilt. Then Yeah. yeah. If you have a, fake hip or a fake knee, like maybe you're going to have limited range of motion because those things are not the same as your Mm -hmm. real original joint. But other than that, like we should be able to do that. And, um, like oftentimes like we're talking about this idea of moving well for longevity, for avoiding pain, for higher quality of life. And so many people come into a CrossFit gym and they're like, I'm here because I heard CrossFit is a hard workout and I want to burn calories and I want to be fit. And I'm like, well, your window and view of what fitness is, is so small compared to what it could be and what it should be. Yeah. And so it's hard to kind of navigate that and tell people, Hey, this is what you care about. You care about, you know, getting getting ripped or getting fit or whatever and like burning calories or whatnot i'm like yeah but i see you not being able to get off the toilet when you're 80 and that's what i care about and um we can do both at the same time Mm -hmm. it's we both and we're greedy we want both yes but um but that's hard to get people to shift and so then we have to enter this conversation about how do we get people to care about their movement quality and not just getting the work done but doing it well. How do we do that? Oh, that's a, that's, that is one of the things that I really try to encourage people and give them information about, like you were just saying, that balance between, okay, you want to get ripped, but let's also think about functional fitness Mm -hmm. as like the aging body. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was, oh, we had a workout last week that I was getting the nastiest looks because it had burpees in it. Mm-hmm. And they know they needed needed to do it mm-hmm. for fitness. But then I reminded them, why do we work? Why do we work through that whole body movement of a burpee? Nobody remembered why. And I, we talked about what happens when you fall down. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to get yourself back up. We don't do burpees just to do burpees. Like no. this is a full body movement that can help us with pain mm-hmm. as we get older because we got to get off that floor. Yeah. I mean, the, the things that keep people 
out of a nursing home, like, I mean, is their ability to be self-sufficient? So if you sit down, can you get back up? Mm -hmm. If you fall down Mm -hmm. or lay down or what, what, like, can you get back up? Can you, and that's huge. Like that's the difference between independent living and Mm -hmm. having somebody have to take care of you all the time. Um, like some days it sounds great to have somebody take care of me all the time, but right? really, uh, like, honestly, no, I don't, I don't want to get to that point. And I don't think anybody does. So, um, but you don't have to care about just that right. and not the high levels of fitness. Right. You can do both. And the truth is, is that the better you move, the more efficient that movement is, the more work you're going to be able to do, the more weight you're going to be able to lift, the more fitness you're going to be able to have. If you're constantly fighting your positions, mm-hmm. and not able to get into a good front rack, mm-hmm. you're not being able, like thrusters become infinitely harder if you can't get a good upright torso, if you don't have a good squat mechanics and a good front rack position for that barbell to rest on. If you're like, if that's, those are all bad positions for you or that overhead position is tough for you to get into like it that demands all of the things right um and so that makes that movement you're stuck working with an empty bar where if you could have better positions you could be doing like 65 pounds or 95 pounds or whatever like a a more heavier load that's going to make you stronger and fitter and and all that stuff so that those mechanics are super important for for both higher fitness, but also just for reducing the pain. And like, Mm -hmm. so, um, another thing that just kind of popped into my head is like, we hear about knee pain often. Um, and my go-to question is how, how you're stiff your quads. Um, and so that muscle stiffness then can like make their knees hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, let me see you squat or let me see you deadlift. And we see these things like they have a slight knee initiation. So their knees move first on both squat and the deadlift, right? The hip should be moving when they're going on the way down. The hips should be moving back first. The hips are moving first. The joint that we move first, those are the muscles that we load maximally. So we want the posterior chain doing the stuff. If we're constantly knee initiating those movements, then our quads are taking the brunt of the load Mm -hmm. and they're a smaller muscle group. They will get tired. They will do more work than maybe, maybe not than they should, but like, or could, but maybe more than they're ready to do. And then they get stiffer and tighter and we end up having knee pain because we're like, yes, it's quad stiffness is causing the knee pain, but the quad stiffness is caused from slight imperfections in, in their movement. Right? So then this idea of virtuosity, Mm-hmm. comes and comes into play. And this is something that's taught in the level one, CrossFit level one training seminar and whatnot. Um, but it doesn't get talked about very much. I think in, in classes or in most CrossFit gyms, do you remember virtuosity from your level one? If not, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm going to openly admit I I remember the term, but I can't yeah. remember the definition. Yeah, that's... Please, please refresh me. I love this stuff. So we, we've been, last four weeks I've been doing, we do an advanced, we call it the advanced theory course. And basically I go through all of this stuff with our members that are interested in learning more about how the, all this stuff works. So this is pretty fresh in my brain because I just finished talking about it. But um, 
So virtuosity is the, the art of doing the common uncommonly well. Mm, yeah. So we take like the, the best examples that I can think of come from gymnastics uh, and, um, and ice skating or ice dancing couples ice skating right so things where they're they're given a point value for their performance yes right and then you can see uh, a trained eye can see this much more than i can but even like the like a common everyday person can see the difference between like here's two technically proficient performances Mm -hmm. one person gets a i don't even know how the scoring point like works but one person gets a nine and the other person gets a 10 and they're both technically excellent but one of them looks effortless one of them doesn't look like a robot there's a aspect of beauty and grace in how they perform it and that's the person that gets a 10 they're doing what for that like for the rest of us a triple axle i don't even know what that is um it's a triple sow cow i love that name i don't even know what those things are they're jumps and they're spinning and that's how they hold their feet i don't know any more specifics than that um but like these these movements that these high level athletes can do like mm-hmm. the, for, for us they're th- those are not common movements but for though them like that's their bread and butter that's their thing and that's what they have to be able to do to compete at the level that they're competing at but the people that can do those and make them look beautiful to make them look effortless are the people that get that, that 10 out of, instead of the nine. And that is virtuosity. How many of the athletes that you work with come in and give that much, much attention and work that hard toward their air squad? They don't. Myself included, we don't. Can you think of any movement or any athlete that comes in and pursues the quality of their movement in that way toward toward achieving that? First? No. No, no me neither. There's a, this old um, statement from, from early CrossFit Journal stuff um, that like once you feel like you've like figured everything out and you're really great at all this stuff, go back again, start over and pay more attention to, to the, uh, to the details. There is so much to, uh, to all of these things. And yes, we can pursue fitness while working on these things. We don't have to wait till our movement patterns are absolutely perfect before we start working out like Mm -hmm. then no one would work out right we just said no one's giving these things this and this intention but it's super important if we want i mean if we want to pursue high levels of fitness the more virtuous we can be in our movement Mm -hmm. the better like the more efficient we're going to be able to move the better more work we're going to be able to do the fitter we're going to be but on the other side like this quality of movement like how do we we have to hold ourselves just raise the bar for normal, right? Yep. We got to okay. set some sort of bar, have some sort of thing rather than just, I'm just going to come in and move and just kind of let my body flop around. I'm going to burn some calories. Great. But that's, let's raise the bar a little bit. So, um, so going all the way back, 
<laughs> we're looking for like early indicators, right? We're like pain is this lagging indicator. Mm -hmm. And we struggled to try to find some early indicators. There were yeah. a few. Yeah. But it's really hard. What if, what if everyone came in with this idea of I'm going to pursue virtuosity in my movements today? And like scale enough that I can pursue virtuosity and still work hard. What what do you think that that would reduce the amount of pain that people experience? Oh, a significant amount. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, I think that that would that would be great. Now, figuring out how to do that. There's deadlift day. Let's not blow out your back. Mm. Great idea. Let's mm. not do that. But I did this much weight last time. So I want to try to do more. Mm -hmm. You could, but you also deadlifted like 225 pounds for five last time. If you want and you want to try to do 235 this time or whatever, right? On one hand, I want to help people and push people to become as fit as they possibly can. But I also want them to move well and not hurt their back or anything like that. And some people, that, that that's totally the right choice because they move well and they don't have a history of back problems and they no mobility issues. Like, yeah, let's lift more weight. Yeah. But some people, I'm like, your movement patterns aren't great. And you got like, and we have some, some back pain. Like that again, it's a lagging indicator. Mm -hmm. Something was not right at some point and whether it happened in the gym or it happened somewhere else in life. But I think for right now, the fact that you can lift 225 pounds for five reps in a row is probably sufficient for what your life requires, right? So yes, there's benefit to getting fitter and being stronger, but also like, until we can fix movement patterns, you are fit enough for what your life requires. So let's, let's hang out here and try to improve movement patterns. Like it's a hard conversation to have with people. It but is. And what it, what is going through my brain is how often are we giving people that permission? when we coach mm -hmm. to do great movement patterns and not have that expectation of game athlete weight. Yeah. Because there is such that negative connotation that comes with, well, sometimes that's why CrossFit does get that bad name, mm -hmm. right? Because just going to go in and lift heavy weights. How many people are scared to come into CrossFit because of that. Yeah. Actually, just one of our uh, newer, newer members was nervous that we were going to force her, and that was a word, mm -hmm. force, to do certain movement patterns. No. If nope. your body's not going to, you're, you're in charge. Your body's in charge. So I feel a lot of my coaching is giving that permission to, like, let's look at your movement movement patterns, your body patterns, and what is going to be great for you, mm -hmm. for you particular. Yes, you're in a room full of other people, yeah. but don't worry. I'm, I'm thinking about them for them individually. So I think some of that is that permission mm -hmm. that we have to give people. And then they, once we give them permission enough mm -hmm. and over and over and over again, then you see that little light bulb go off. And that's when I have athletes starting to advocate for themselves. Yeah that, oh, my knee doesn't feel great. What am I going to change so that that doesn't lead to a further injury? Mm -hmm. 
And when you see that light bulb shift, like you said, you go back to you go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. and then I see them this beautiful new relationship that's them with themselves on how can I continue to move greatly yeah. and do good things. Yeah, that's really hard. In I mean, this is just challenging for for as coaches, but also to be like an athlete yes. in a class. Like here's people that have been training longer than you, or are younger than you. They have different, maybe they don't have the same mobility restrictions that you have. Maybe they have a less stressful life. And so their lifestyle factor, like there's all of these things and you come in and you immediately, just because the nature of you're in a room next to somebody else, or you have seen something happen on the internet, you're immediately comparing what you can do Mm -hmm. with what other people can do. And you are not the same person. Mm -hmm. There's so much, about every individual that is different. And so that comparison leads us to do things that aren't appropriate and aren't the best thing for our like short-term fitness, but if it's not but also not good for our long-term fitness. And I think we often get that backwards. We think about short-term, oh, if it's good for the short-term, it's good for the long-term. But I think it should be flipped, I mm-hmm. think. If it's if this is going to help me in the long term, then it's best for me to do in the short term. So uh, like there's nothing that says that you ever have to do a workout prescribed. No. There's nothing that says that that make that being it doing it prescribed makes you fitter than not doing it prescribed. Correct. It doesn't mean that that's going to make your life any longer. It's not going to add any the quality to your life, doing it in a way that adds quality to your life, adds quality to your life. And so um, having people focus on that stuff is challenging, but that's what they need to do Mm -hmm. to avoid pain. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough. It is tough because there's all the pressure they put on themselves and just having other people around that makes it feel like they got to do, they got to do more. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jenny. I'll see you next time. All right.